Tell me more about how his eyes look, Simon. It's almost <laughs> as if Simon enjoys being chastised by Baz or something. Like, is this how you describe your enemies? It's really not. Hot. Yeah, like, basically. <laughs> I feel like I just want to be, like, quote-unquote enemies for every time we bring up Baz. Want to get sexy? Yeah, let's get to the sexy stuff. Hello, and welcome to Escape from Reality, a podcast where two queer IRL witches read Carry On by Rainbow Rowell and talk about it. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Jesse Blount. And today we are finishing this epilogue of this book. And then this is it, everyone. We are done with Carry On. Mostly done. We're going to do a tarot episode next. Done with the text, at least. Done with the text. Yes. All right, so uh, in the epilogue, we are now in Baz's point of view. Um, he's graduating on top of his class now that Penny has dropped out. His family is very proud of him, crying emojis. And he's going to go live with Fiona after after graduation, where he does not have to be closeted about, about being a gay vampire. He goes down to his mother's crypt to give the same speech, which is more crying emojis. But... There is a bright spot to an otherwise very bleak graduation party in which Simon shows up because, duh, Baz is there in a suit, hello, <laughs> uh, and they dance out in themselves to whatever remains of the student body and staff. But, you know, fuck him. Um, Simon is full of panic, not gay panic, but the kind where you're so sure that Baz and Penny only care about him because he was a powerful mage, which, no, honey, no, <laughs> it's, not, it's not what's going on. Um, Baz thankfully says this one million times better than I can because he chooses Simon and that's exactly what Simon needed to hear. And we just have crying heart eye emojis. Yeah. Agatha, meanwhile, is in California, IA, getting some sun with Lucy the dog and living a capital N normal life with no magic and eating what I'm sure are bomb ass tacos. Not a euphemism. She's... <laughs> She's honoring Eb's sacrifice by piecing the fuck out of the damaged rule of mages, and good for her. Simon, meanwhile, our last POV of this book, is um, moving into his and Penny's uh, new flat. It's been months after Baz's chapter, and thankfully he and Penny were not charged with killing the mage because it was clearly involuntary manslaughter and self-defense. So, square one for the world of mages, I guess. Simon's in therapy, thank God, and he now has... A chance at a future and a boyfriend and a flat with his best friend. And Simon didn't expect, didn't expect this at all, but he deserves it. God damn it. And then you can cue the however many verses of Bohemian Rhapsody that you would like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Well done. Um, you know what, everyone? If you can hear my neighbor's music, I'm sorry. I will try very hard to get it out of the recording in post but you might be able to hear some uh sick sick beats the same <laughs> bass line repeated because she's just listening to one song on an oh, endless loop for the past no. like three weeks so oh, no it'd be no. like the driving beat of our podcast anyway <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get started with Easy come, easy go, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. 
Okay. Here's the thing that just wrecked me is that apparently Baz's mom in her Leavers speech made a list of things that she would miss about Watford and it starts with sour cherry scones. <laughs> and you're like, oh no, she and Simon would have a thing to bond over and like, I don't know, it's you know. just really good. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is really good. Speaking of the pitch sisters fiona is a true gem which she just been ending her conversations with bad by watch out for numpty <laughs> which is such an asshole thing to say but also incredible yeah also rude oh, no, deeply no no it is deeply rude i don't know it's also yeah it's deeply rude but also i'm just like fiona's that kind of awful. it is per yes it's perfect <laughs> Yep. Also, her, like, whooping when Baz comes up on stage and, like, embarrassing all of the other pitches in the audience is beautiful. Yeah. Fiona definitely broke out her Polaroid camera and took a bunch of photos that even Baz is like, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Yep. Totally. Um, I just wanted to say that I'm really proud of Baz for being the top of his class after everything that he fucking went through. Uh, that's wild, but yeah, you know, good job, buddy. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, good for him. I just the whole bit with him in the catacombs at his mom's tomb, and I'm just like, he never got to see his mom's ghost, and I just feel very sad about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually had somewhere in here I wanted to ask you about that because. He's like, I did what you wanted, so you're probably never going to come back. But Lucy came back just because she needed to tell Simon that she loved him. And so I was wanted to put to you whether you think in 20 years time, Natasha will come back to tell Baz that she loves him. Um, I want her to for his sake, because that would be so great. Yeah, it seems like the kind of thing that that she would do from what we know of her. Mm hmm. It's officially our headcanon. Yeah. Baz could be like, well, I'm a gay vampire, and here are photos of my adopted child. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And she'll be like, oh, I love Wham. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I can't remember if that's from this book or a future book. Sorry if I just spoiled <laughs> that Baz's mom was a wham. Listen, we're in uh we're in the home stretch. I've managed to avoid large spoilers, but I think maybe some future speculation details might creep in. Sorry, everyone. One keeping the spoiler free thing is like I'm really bummed that we can't talk about it, but maybe we'll remember in the future. Uh, you know what's great? is the fact that Bass says, I'm not at Watford to make friends. <laughs> he's, a, he's, the, he's the epitome of not here to make friends. Which... I know. Uh, along these lines, I think that, I don't know if Dev was like mad at Baz, but it's like, you could have just, you could have joined some clubs at school. You could have done anything else besides plot against Simon Snow with Baz, uh, Dev. So I think your anger is a little misplaced. <laughs> yeah, totally. Baz is absolutely right. Like, yeah, what else were you going to do? Right. If you wanted to go play football, you would have been doing that already. Exactly. Or, I don't know, join the chess team, whatever. But you decided 
that you wanted to plot Simon's downfall. Yeah. All right. Let's see. I'm going to have this be my last thing here. I don't know what to do with the fact that Baz hasn't seen Star Wars. I think we have to envision it at some point. Penny is like, no, we have to rectify this right now. Yeah. Why hasn't he seen Star Wars? I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's too uh, too common. It's too normal. It's, I don't know. <laughs> I guess. It seems like Daphne would have watched Star Wars with Baz. I hope so or maybe like she watched it with the other kids and Simon and Baz was just like I'm too old for this you know maybe uh Penny definitely made him watch it though they definitely have it's not even the new tv if they all have laptops but yeah like a big cute movie night where they watch all of the Star Wars movies exactly there's yeah. a lot of snacks do you have anything else here um I guess my my last thing is that I mean, not that you, not that it like has to happen, but we get not one but two title drops in the and the rest of this epilogue. I know, <laughs> um, including the last line of the book, which is like just perfect. It's just perfect. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I agree. I see a little silhouette of a man. Welcome to I See a Little Silhouetto of a Man, where we talk about character development. Can we start by talking about Simon and Baz's relationship as as a character that's developing? We sure can. You know, what we see at the end here is definitely, I think we all wanted it to be the erotic grope fest that Baz wanted it to be. Sure, we did. This is true. This This is very true. But what we see is actually, you know, very lovely, I think, in a lot of ways. You mentioned the, you know, Baz saying, I choose you when Simon's like, I'm not the chosen one, mm-hmm. which is. Uh... <laughs> it's so good. It's like, has anyone told Simon that they chose him? Like, I don't think so. Yeah. And I'm just like. Mm. Yeah. Baz is like an incredible partner. We we would all be so lucky to have a Baz, I think. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I like the progress that we see between the Lieber ceremony and when they're moving into the apartment in terms of how Simon is thinking about the relationship, too. It seems like he's come a little ways into accepting that he gets to keep this. Yeah. Which is really nice. I know, especially since he's, as we've, talked about a lot spent a lot of this book thinking that like he was gonna die at the conclusion of the humdrum and whatever that was going on in the world of mages and he is alive yeah you know he is he has survived and so is baz and so is baz who is also survived. yeah <laughs> so and i mean i think baz is right that if you know the way that simon was sort of brimming over with magic was like obviously not sustainable for him physically or emotionally but like would not have been it wouldn't have been good for their relationship because simon would have still been a pawn for the mage the very least or potentially for anyone else you know considering the way that his power was yeah I also just feel like I want to say how much I love the part where Baz is, you know, talking to us about a 
post post magic Simon and says he's still everything else. He's always been brave, honest, and inflammably handsome. I know. Yeah, it's very beautiful. I know. Um, who do you want to talk about? Maybe Baz. Yeah. I kind of want to talk about the scene where he's in the catacombs with his at his mom's tomb. Which is a whole, it's just a whole feelings fest. But Mm -hmm. what I particularly love is this sort of like, he's like, usually when I come down here, I'm here, I'm here to say sorry. But now I'm just like, I'm just here to tell you that I'm going to be okay. And I'm like, oh my God. I know. Such a, like, such a, such a step of like his own personal growth and fears about, you know, being a vampire and just, and he's just like, I hope that you would be happy for me. And accept me. And I'm like, oh my god. I know. I know. It's so powerful. Yeah. I'm really, really proud of Baz. Like, I'm so proud of where we see him end up at the end of this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, finding out about what happened around his mother's death isn't closure by any means. Because I feel like, despite what people want to say, I feel like, when you're grieving someone you love, that's just, it doesn't, it doesn't never go away. Like mm-hmm. it's still like, it's still a, a painful wound that you, that's like, it's still there regardless of how much time has passed and maybe how much space it takes up in your life on day to day basis. But I think that going through this whole adventure, I think has maybe, I think it's like another way that he is like healing from the, like the loss of his mother is just being, it was like, finally knowing and the person who did it i mean i don't know being brought to justice is really the word i want to say but he's she's been avenged i guess yeah i feel like it makes sense that that would put baz in a feeling of like power not in a bad way in terms of the way that he's relating to his mom like he it doesn't feel as like hierarchical of a relationship now he feels like he can talk to her adult to adult kind of because like she saved him and now he sort of saved her and he gets to say like I know the choice that you would have made for me but like I am an adult and I'm gonna make my own choice and like stand up to her which like you know is a its whole own thing because she's dead but like that really is what he's doing is like asserting his adultness yeah that's beautiful I just, I just love, I love the whole thing. I just, I really just love it. Um, I also love his final scene in this book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I guess, a continuation of the same thing. But the way that he's interacting with Simon and Penny, he's so comfortable. Like, he has this little, this little family now where he really is, like, able to, to be himself and, like, be silly. He's silly. I love silly bass. Yeah, there's not the same sort of, like, I put a lot of forethought into portraying this persona of what I should be. It's just like, oh, this is just me. And I'm going to make ridiculous jokes and not help you guys move and just sit here and drink, <laughs> my, drink my coffee. <laughs> it's just like, you're such an asshole, but it's great. It's so great. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, and his fell in love joke is, like, so... I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> 
Do you have anything else about Baz? I mean, I feel like we, I feel like we have to at least mention the, I was 11 years old and lost my mother and my soul and the crucible gave me you Uh. line. So good. (laughs) It's like, oh my God. I just, I love it. And it's like, yes, I hope the crucible was in fact matchmaking y'all as soulmates or whatever was gonna is that what was gonna happen i'm here for this yeah yeah it's really beautiful would you like to talk about agatha yes i love what agatha has chosen and reading her chapter at the end of this book you're just like yes fucking get it agatha everything you've ever wanted get it i'm so happy for you I'm so happy for her in this chapter. And she adopts the dog that Penny stole. <laughs> or that Bass stole, I suppose. They c- collaborated, I think. They yes. collaboratively stole that dog. But now Agatha has a dog. And is just hanging out with her her friends. And it's just, it sounds great. It does. I love that not only did she leave her wand in England, but she left all of her clothes in England. She's like, no. New life, new me. Full, like, new wardrobe. I'm starting the fuck over. Yes, I want this for her. Yeah, no, for sure. It is It is really great. I love the part where she's like, her mom says that there's a club in Palm Springs, and Agatha says, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, also, I love that she's, like, dating emo boys. That makes me really happy. <laughs> She sure is. She <laughs> sure is. She's dating like Travis Barker types, you know? Oh my god. Which, I mean, you know, who among us hasn't? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> anyway, it is very good for her. I I don't know. And, if, and once again, I still feel of a very, just feeling sad about Agatha being like, maybe I'll run to Lucy at the Trader Joe's and I won't tell her I named my dog after her. And I'm like, <laughs> if only you would. Yeah. Yeah, we couldn't get away without that little twist of the knife. No. No. And it's like, Agatha, please send that photo to Simon. Actually, maybe don't right now. That'd be very triggering. But at some point, you should. Welcome to Face the Truth, where we talk about politics and things that are fucked up. Where do you want to start? Actually, I have a positive political thing for us to talk about. Nice. Which is, I am really glad that there weren't any repercussions for Penny and Simon. Oh yeah, me too. Um, Because truly no one was at fault except for the fucking mage himself. And like, yeah, again... No one, no one would have been like, ah, yes, I will say Simon says, and then Simon will say, stop hurting me. And these events will lead to someone, someone just dropping dead. And right. I'm like, that is correct. This is the correct way to do that. That's yeah, that's yep. all. I'm just like, yep, you're innocent. The mage is incorrect. It was basically self-defense anyway. So yeah, it's nice when uh, justice looks like justice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have positive things in the politics section. No, Sorry. everything else everything else is very sad. <laughs> I want to at least start that off because I'm just like, oh, no one's getting unduly imprisoned or arrested. Uh, it's great. 
um yeah everything else is not great no um i did i want to start with the like gay stuff okay you know baz's dad apparently knows that he's dating simon but like won't acknowledge it yeah it's fucked up yeah and i'm glad that he can just like live in london with fiona and not to deal with any of that bullshit because that sounds fucking terrible yeah it does even if he ended up going to oxford i mean it would still be shitty because it, it would probably be very similar to Watford where at least for whatever other magical rich kids are going there he'd have to pretend he's not a gay vampire yeah I also think it's really funny that going to Oxford is out of the question because it's like a 40 minute train ride from <laughs> London to Oxford <laughs> like you can do both Baz <laughs> I know uh, yeah what diff- different podcasts talking about the travel times and how americans view a 45 minute train ride or drive versus other people in the world in a smaller smaller country mm-hmm. but i mean yeah people who like commute from like dc to new york and vice versa because there's a train that connects them and i'm like that's wild yeah i mean i've had I mean, I've tried my whole life very hard to have only like half hour or less commutes for work or anything like that. But if it was a train, I think I would be much more flexible to read books, listen to podcasts, whatever. I'm like, fuck, what's 40 minutes? I can do my TikTok time while I'm on the train. Yeah, driving 40 minutes every day one way sounds terrible. I would Mm -hmm. not like that. Anyway. Yeah, and then... And we just see a lot of concern from Baz about people knowing that he's gay, queer. Mm-hmm. He uses queer. We should use queer. Yeah. Worried that Simon doesn't want people to know just generally there's, even though we've seen Baz like very confident in his sexuality, it doesn't always translate to confident in terms of how the world will interact with your sexuality. Yeah. But I'm glad they ended up on the same page about that, at least. Yeah. Uh, and it's so cute when Simon's like, know what? That I'm obsessed with you? <laughs> like, everyone already knows that. Whatever. Yeah. As long as you aren't going to be mad at me for being gay with you in public. Like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, it's like, I feel like it's for me a little bit of a toss up. Is like, is everyone staring because it's two dudes? Or is everyone staring because they thought that y'all were literally en- like arch nem- enemies and now you're making out on the dance floor? <laughs> I think that one. Because <laughs> that feels like it'd be way more shocking than it's like, yeah, people be gay, but. Yeah, I, I mean. You guys were mortal enemies. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, Karis and her girlfriend are dancing together. It's definitely not because they're boys, it's because it's Simon and Bass. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I would exactly. stare too. Like, wait, what the fuck? It's like, admittedly, looks up from like her palm pilot and is like okay whatever i don't give a fuck and goes back to her (laughs) (laughs) what do you have um just that's the last little knife twist about simon's very low self-esteem and like thinking that like penny and baz are only around him and and these sort of relationships with him out of like pity and he's like i'm not the chosen one i don't have any magic anymore and it's like Oh, my sweet dragon child. It's not about... It wasn't about that. It's about you because you are a tender cinnamon roll of a person. Yeah. And I'm like... But I also am just like... I also understand the feeling because I feel like that was like an anxiety that I've had for many years in my early 20s. So, 
God bless therapy. So yeah, yeah. God bless making this podcast. I think for me, <laughs> I think making our podcast is like the thing that finally made me be like, oh, I do actually have worth as a human being. Everyone's not gonna just suddenly up and leave me behind for no reason that I'll understand, but is obviously because I'm garbage. The podcast has definitely helped with that <laughs> for me. Uh, also, part of me is like, I guess if not, I'll just hang out with animals, and I'm like, that sounds. Fun. <laughs> I'll just become a re- a like recluse. But yeah, we can all have we can all have better self esteem. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I do want to dig into Simon's depression, but I want to say. You know, it's really hard to hear, really hard to read. But also, this just feels like the most honest, happy ending a book like this could have. It's so different from other epilogues, which listeners to The Gaily Prophet will know. You and I both have very strong feelings about epilogues and in general are anti-epilogue. But this, this one, I mean, A, it's like right after. We're not like a bunch of years into the future which helps but b i think it's like you know it's a bit of a happily ever after but also we really see where all of these characters are and part of that you know it's like simon's happily ever after is like simon is in therapy it's not simon is fine simon is yeah not fine and right. he shouldn't be fine mm-hmm. and as hard as it is to read about the pain that he's in, it also is like, yes, this is this is what he would be going through. And I'm just like really glad that he has his little chosen family and a fucking therapist. That's great. Yeah, because it's like he's been through a lot and obviously he has mental health issues and it's not being sort of swept away in the romance of like, but now me and Baz are in this relationship and thus all of my mental health issues are solved. And it's like, that's not how that works. Right. Uh, as much as there's a lot of fiction that is sort of like, that's how that works. And even if like, you can enjoy fiction like that, you're like, it's also really nice here just to have a like, very realistic feeling happy ending where it's like, Simon is still processing a lot of trauma, but at least he, he gets to. He has, a ch- he has a chance of doing that without having to feel burdened by saving the world or being manipulated by some evil mastermind, you know? Right. He just, he just gets to make the same sort of mistakes and choices that a lot of people have when they're 19, 18, 19. Like, you're living in a apartment where it's like, I found this in the street. Should I take it into my apartment or not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And it's just like, stuff like that. And I'm just like, good what what a good what a good ending for this book and for him that yeah yep so fiona is a vampire hunter now cue buffy theme song (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh... Yeah. i'm just i just don't i just don't i don't think i approve of having vampire hunters i think is where i land on that i think for the record i don't think that I don't know. I don't know if she's actually hunting vampires. <laughs> to be very honest, okay. Like she's gonna be partying up in the Czech Republic. That sounds awesome. It does sound it's awesome. A lot of, it's a lot of beautiful architecture. A lot of delicious Eastern European alcohol. She could just be. She could just be going to clubs and being like, "Yeah, I found some vampires, y'all. Don't worry about it." She's like sending the the coven some text about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
gonna need you to wire me another hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe she has a, a vampire guide in the guise of Nico, and she's just like, I have an informant, so you gotta send me some more money. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea of just her like fleecing the coven just because she can and I'm like because again yeah who would who would make well I mean I guess you can see why you would be like Fiona you have had a lot of personal tragedies around vampires do you want to go kill them and she's like I could pretend I can <laughs> 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 you're gonna pay me I will <laughs> yeah and I mean I especially think that because I also think she's probably not killing because like they don't know about Baz but she does so I don't know if she's going to be out killing other vampires. I know. And that's honestly right. That's the thing that makes me be the most like, uh, like, what do you mean you're killing vampires? Like, how do you, how do you interact with Baz all the time and then go just kill them without knowing anything about their behavior? This is why I don't think she's killing them. All right. All right. I like that. Uh, also, I just like the idea of Fiona just doing that. Just be like, yeah, sure. Yep. Hunting vampires. That's uh-huh. exactly what I am doing. <laughs> Uh, do you have anything else here i do uh i just also have to say that the coven deciding they don't need a leader right now is probably a good idea yes it's like you already clearly have a deciding body of people like why like you don't need a person at the top to be like yes or no it's like i mean the community of mages seems small enough you could just literally call everyone to be like what do you think about this yeah you know like you don't need to have someone like the mage in charge you can just keep doing what you guys have been doing yeah i agree and i know that simon laughed when i get this dad is like do you want to run for the, the mage's seat <laughs> which is just like which is like of course lol 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 no <laughs> but i don't know maybe someday i think he'd be really good at it yeah but why would he want to this is true this is true. I mean, Penny definitely would be good for that. True. And I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess Simon probably never would, but I feel like he would be good at it precisely because of that, because he would just be like, I think he would just cut through the bullshit of it, because he'd be like, uh, no. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> right. How is this going to help people? And I think that would be lovely. Oh my god, anyone in a position of power who's guiding ethic was how is this going to help people would be... <laughs> This is true. This is really all I want in anyone in any kind of power. <laughs> the fact that that feels so outlandish is like heart crushing. I know. It's like cool. We uh, we are we are living in the dystopian AU of the worst timeline. Um, or he could just tell Baz what to vote for because I don't know. I'm sure Baz is was born with a seat or some shit like that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Legacy seat. Ah, anyway. Um, okay, so my last thing here is just, like, a question. Simon apparently was under house arrest for the three months that the mage's investigation was ongoing. Whose house? I guess I assume he was... I guess he wouldn't be at Watford. I don't know. That's a really excellent question. Yeah, it was just like, where? (laughs) What house did you put him in? They put him in a tower that, like, a literal tower that the coven countryside it's like some like fucked up rapunzel bullshit as long as it was nice i guess because it sounds like he still got to hang out with penny and baz during that time yeah maybe he was at penny's house i don't know 
don't know. Yeah, it is. Because, like, right, where he wouldn't be at Watford and he wouldn't have gone to Watford. So it's very confusing. That's an excellent question. Welcome to Caught in a Landslide, where we rant about stuff. I just want to say that Simon is right, and what kind of fucking party doesn't have food? Who is responsible for this travesty? Because there's punch, and there's dancing, but there's no, and probably booze, but there's no, like, hors d'oeuvres, no little tiny finger sandwiches, no scone, like, what, what, why, why would you do that? Why would you have a party and not have food? Yeah. It's not a party. <laughs> You're right. You're totally right. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Um, I wanted to say that it seems very distasteful to me to hold this ceremony in the White Chapel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you're right. You're very right. I mean, they did fix the uh, stained glass, so mine is... It just seems like, yeah, previous headmaster was murdered here four months ago or something. That's fine. Like, that won't be the thing that everyone is thinking about. <laughs> this just shows how much Mitali does not give a fuck about the thing. <laughs> Everyone's like, do you want to hold it at Whitechapel? And she's like, yeah. And it's like, but really? And she's like, why wouldn't we? <laughs> Finally, someone in a fantasy book getting therapy for the trauma of being a chosen one. I know. Hopefully, maybe not the only book we'll ever get, but I'm just like, yes, thank you. You are voluntarily in therapy, and it seems like your therapist is real great. So, awesome. Yep. It's so it's so nice. <laughs> it's so nice. I know. I would definitely read more books about chosen ones getting therapy. <laughs> I don't <laughs> silly it's so silly uh that does sound like the kind of niche content though like writing a book where maybe it's from like the therapist's pov and they're like specializing and working with chosen ones so we have like simon and harry and buffy and percy jackson and you know they're all just like processing group therapy i it kind of reminds me of this comic that i read once on the internet that I think about all of the time where it was this comic about like an adult Bart Simpson and an adult, whatever the oldest kid from family guy is. And they're in therapy. They're like in couples therapy together. And like Bobby Hill from King of the Hill is their therapist. And they're just talking about how their shitty dads like fuck them up. (laughs) And like Bobby's like a really good like therapist for them. And I'm like, I, I don't know who, who, (laughs) who decided to do this, but this is perfect. This is, exactly what i wanted to read (laughs) in the universe which is cartoon characters being grown up talking about how shitty their their dads were because it's like cartoon dads are the worst and i'm like thank you person whoever created that comic because it's just chef's kiss yeah that sounds really incredible so i'm not sure why i just realized for the first time that the tombs of the scholars in the basement is a his dark materials reference but it is oh shit oh my god oh shit you're right <laughs> oh my god you're right 
Yeah, it happened, like, my realization happened because I was reading it, and in my head, I was imagining Baz's mom's tomb having the coin with her (laughs) demon on it, and then I was like, that is not the correct book. (laughs) So, yep. Oh, man, now I'm going to, like, lay down tonight and be like, all right, what are the demons of all of the characters we carry? Ooh. Which is an exercise I do constantly. <laughs> That's fine. You should make a listicle. We can post it yeah. on Patreon. Yeah. I should do a, I should do a listicle for my one for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Probably. Yeah, you should. Anyway, I just deeply, 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 deeply appreciate Simon's therapist being like, you know what's not even the top of the list of uh, things we should work for, work through is your sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what a good therapist. Yep. It's like, we need to work on your um, childhood trauma and PTSD and self-esteem issues and depression and suicide ideation and not your sexuality. And I'm like, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me very happy. I just love that for him. So I love Agatha, <laughs> full stop, but... When Penny's like, you should honor Eb's memory by helping us rebuild the world of mages. And Agatha says, maybe I'll honor her memory by fucking right off the way she tried to. She told me to run. It's so good. And honestly, yes, an excellent way of honoring Eb's memory right? and sacrifice is to be like, nope, uh, deuces, I'm not, I'm not with y'all anymore. Yep. Yeah, it's really great. <laughs> Um, And then my last thing is like a so many feelings about the fact that Simon says that giving up his magic really wasn't much of an exchange. Like it wasn't much to give up in exchange for him and Baz both giving, getting to live through everything. I I know. know. I know. My heart. (laughs) It's like literally I love you more than magic. And I'm like, oh my God. Welcome to I'm Just a Poor Boy, where we talk about ways that you can support this podcast. And since a lot of people celebrate various gift-giving holidays at this time of year, I feel like it's a good time to remind you about all of our incredible merch. We have Simon Snow merch, including a Merwolf t-shirt, a sticker with Simon and Baz kissing in space, uh, tote bags and t-shirts that say kiss kill improvise and also we have a bunch of like not fandom related things like a throw pillow that says throw your parents into the sun and a mug that says my vegetarian phase lasted longer than the confederacy so you know apparently there's going to be all sorts of like supply chain issues and mail slowdowns uh, so this is probably the right moment to go buy someone something cute from our shop and if you want to be uh, passive aggressive at your family, nothing says that more like just bringing your own uh, My Vegetarian Phase Lasted Longer Than the Confederacy, Confederacy mug to your family gatherings. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And I also wanted to say uh, last year, a couple of folks gifted Sticker Club subscriptions to people. And if you 
like they did, email me ahead of time that you're going to do that. I'll put a cute little note in with the person's first sticker when I send it out so that they know that it's a gift from you. So yeah, you can find all of that on our website, which is hashtag earthless.com slash shop. Welcome to Sends Shivers Down My Spine, where we talk about sexy stuff. That is why I was laughing earlier. Um, there's also nothing straight about blue velvet. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Simon suit is great. That's all. My God. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Dr. Wellbelove is a very snazzy dresser, if this is all from his closet. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's where he was for the house arrest. He's <laughs> just at Agatha's house. With Agatha, though? I don't feel like she would have been... I think, she, honestly, I think she left, like, as soon as that spell where she was running ran off, I think she was just like, I'm out. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I because she didn't know what to watch for her. I don't think she, she didn't finish school. I, I assume that she left pretty quickly after all of that. So, like, moved to California before school even started. Okay. She does live off campus, so. Yeah. Um, also, so putting two and two together, if there's nothing straight about Blue Velvet and that's Agatha's dad's coat, our previous reading of Agatha's parents as beards confirmed by... Oh, yeah! I forgot about... Yep. Yeah. Deeply. Yeah. Cool. Love that. Oh, what if... What if Agatha's dad was like, recognized that Simon was also queer and is just like, I just want to keep this sad gay baby around so we can feed him. Yeah. Um, which is, I don't know, my impulse as an adult whenever I see a queer young person is to be like, I just want to protect you from everything. Yeah. And also make you a pie. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. The line we're cool and mysterious and better looking than any couple has a right to be. (laughs) He's not wrong is what I think. Absolutely. The neighbors are definitely going to talk and it's going to be like, holy shit. Like, who do we live next to now? That's who is that handsome young man haunting their door day and night? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would be the exact same neighbor, like looking out the window being like, he's back where's he going (laughs) uh yeah because i'm also that old person who just watches the neighborhood now should should we make them cookies do you think they want to be friends (laughs) (laughs) they're holding hands on the sidewalk they're definitely queer (laughs) we got another one in the building yeah as someone who always tries to identify when i have queer neighbors yes um what do you have next um just the, I feel like, whatever the whatever the line is, but uh, Baz is really into Simon's tail. That's what mm-hmm. I gotta say. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you are. <sighs> yeah, I think it's Simon's like, I'm gonna get it taken off, and Baz is like, don't, let's not be hasty. Right, and I'm like, uh-huh. You make fun of it all you want, but you secretly like that your boyfriend has a tail. Yeah, totally. That also, I guess, moves, that also is a sign of him emoting, because he's like, when he's feeling whatever, it thrashes, and I'm like... Like a dog. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> it is honestly probably a little bit useful 
especially as Simon does not seem the person to kind of like say when he is upset, you know? But if his tail is just thrashing, you're like, all right, well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, how, I mean, I'm sure sometimes frustrating for Simon, but how great for the people in his life to be able to have this indicator of how he's doing, even though he's sort of like half dissociated all the time, it sounds like. Yeah. So we learn that Baz still usually calls Simon Snow, but he will call him Simon when they're being soft with each other. <laughs> what? I just, I I just love it. I just, cause just the, uh, I love it when just characters are like, I'm going to use your last name only, or like, I'm going to use your first name when it's like an intimate moment. It's like, oh. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, even if it is not, of course, during a nonstop erotic grip thrust. Yeah. Still. All right. So our last thing here is our final kiss kill improvise of the book. (laughs) Okay. So (sighs) here are your choices today. All right. Okay. Choice one. Boys who wear dark stocking caps even when it's warm out. (laughs) Two is a thruple situation, I guess, because it's Karis and her pixie. Okay, fair. Three is Baz's snotty cousin Dev. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Definitely going to kiss. Wait, what was the second? The second one was Karis and her pixie. Yes, that sounds like a great time. Um, uh, probably going to kill boys who wear stocking caps even when it's warm, because I just I don't know. I feel like those are the kind of dudes who like don't have bed sheets and also. <laughs> Or tr- like try to juggle like three different girls and they're gonna be like oh you should listen to this this song gross and it's like you know what fuck you <laughs> yep uh and then i feel like improvise with dev who seems like he would be someone i could definitely manipulate into buying a very be a very fancy lunch <laughs> which sounds great true and then he just complain about bass for two hours while i like non-stop ate delicious food at a fancy restaurant mm-hmm cool Sounds good. <laughs> is this just fantasy? Welcome to Is This Just Fantasy, where we talk about magic and science and magical science. So this is this is the part of the book that we find out that Simon's uh, dragon wings and tail are permanent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They did not melt away when he gave away his magic. He does not seem to be able to... I mean, obviously he can't magic them away. And it seems like neither can Baz or Penny. So it turns out to be a bit of a logistical nightmare for him. Mm -hmm. But also, my precious dragon baby. I know. And then just also, you know, kind of going back to our theory about there potentially being dragon magic used in his conception. That... Maybe he should just fucking have dragon wings. Like, it suits him, I think. Yeah, honestly, I th- it does. It does suit him, and I think I also just kind of want that 
for him where even though he is in this place where he is like i can't do magic anymore there isn't any magic in my body but he still has i don't know this this like both tangible specialness but also a way to sort of protect himself Mm -hmm. um and the people that he loves i mean if you're gonna have extra body parts i feel like i feel like wings just seem really useful yeah it's definitely the one to go with yeah i mean i guess the tail not so much but you kind of need a tail if you're flying i guess i don't know how logistical how logistically how practical it is because it's i imagine sort of like narrowed and tapered but right yeah i feel like i would forego the tail if i if i had a choice but if someone was like either no wings at all or wings and a tail i'd probably opt say wings yeah so we get two wing disappearing spells um and we get to have them compared to one another which i think is really rad simon has a preference Mm -hmm. it seems like these aren't the droids you're looking for makes people not perceive simon's wings but in a way that like they still are somehow aware that they're there because it sounds like they step around his wings Whereas there's nothing to see here makes his wings invisible. So then people run into them because they're still taking up physical space. Yeah. I wonder, okay. I wonder if the, some of the nuance is, is that, okay. So obviously these aren't the droids you're looking for is from Star Wars. Mm. Pretty famous quote. But this, the scene is like Obi-Wan Kenobi, like magically, let's, let's be real uh using jedi mind tricks so that the stormtroopers don't see what's literally in front of their face and then it's like yeah you're fine keep moving and i feel like i wonder if the nuance of the phrase kind of being connected to this scene where it's sort of like you're you're you can't perceive this even though it's right there it's still different than there's nothing to see here which i think sounds much more literal like Mm -hmm. literally they can't see what's there but they still end up people just end up walking into simon's like wings yeah you know right because i think these aren't the droids you're looking for is like maybe the stormtroopers are still like there are droids in this car car hovercraft whatever car (laughs) it's a car uh but like they're not the droids right so it's sort of like their their mind slides around the important information of like we're supposed to be apprehending people who have these specific droids. So people's minds just kind of like slide around the existence of Simon's wings, but not so much that they could like walk into them because they're still aware of them. Yeah. It's just like the slightest like mental like distortion where it's like, no, those are just regular droids, not the ones. Right. So yeah. It's a great, perfect spell for this situation. Truly it is. And Baz clearly, again, needs to watch Star Wars so he can use it. Yes. I mean, if if for no other reason, just so that he can do this for Simon. Yeah. I wonder if, okay, so I mentioned this before where I'm like, I, I don't remember which episode where I'm like, the Wizard of Oz must just be the genesis of so many magical spells. So I'm just kind of like, I wonder if something like uh, ignore the man behind the curtain would hide his wings or if it would just hide all of Simon and they would still just walk into him. Whatever, whatever that line is, I don't remember the exact line. Yeah, no, that's it. It seems like 
It seems like that would work. I mean, I think you would be able to narrow the, you know, you could disappear just his wings and not the rest of Simon, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like it could be a good one. Because it just seems, it seems like it would, the context is still like misdirection. So. Right. Sorry. Now I'm just thinking about other spells from Star Wars and I'm like, is Luke, I am your father a paternity spell? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> Not that they ever need paternity spells, I guess, in this society where... I mean, Simon is literally the only person we find out who could have used <laughs> Yeah. So. Yep. Um, do you have anything else in this? Um, I just want to briefly talk about that uh, Penny's dad brings up uh, magical dead spots mm-hmm. and how they he thinks that after time the magic will come back into them kind of like Chernobyl and whatever the, the hell else thing that he said and since he brings up restoration ecology I wanted to posture where I wonder if they could do that with the dead spots like I mean, so you can use plants to, like, remove lead from the soil in, like, really toxic areas. And I wonder, could I just put some, like, really hardy, magical plants in mm. that area and to try to, like, bring more magic into that into that place? I don't know. Clearly, maybe you're not enough scholars in the world of mages to figure that out. But it seems cool. That does seem really cool. Um, and on that note, I think Simon should definitely get some plants, <laughs> even if he does not go into restoration ecology. Yeah, plants and like a kitten or something. Simon definitely needs things to take care of right now. Yeah, yeah, I think I feel like Simon strikes me as a dog person. He strikes me as a dog person, too, but I don't <laughs> think that he can take care of a dog right now. That's fair. And I think that, that is fair. he would... I don't think Simon's like a, ew, cats suck person, you know? Yeah. I think he would get a lot out of taking care of a cat. Yeah. And Penny would, I think, also take care of the cat because she strikes me as more of a cat person. Yeah. I mean, Simon definitely wants, Simon's got a lot of energy. Like, he definitely wants a pet that he can, like, take to the park and they can go, like, run around together. But I think he also would benefit a lot from a, a pet that would sit on his chest and like purr while he watches TV. That would be yeah. good for him. Yeah, I feel like something for him to nurture sounds like it would also be good for his healing process because he is he's a very kind soul and I feel like that's part of part of what made him a very good chosen one is like this extreme empathy and care for like other people and it's like you can do it on a way smaller scale and it's just very satisfying, Simon. Yep. Yeah. Get Simon a kitten, a fairly like easy house plant, and a sourdough starter. <laughs> like, get him like just ten spider plants yeah. and like a sourdough starter. Yep. <sighs> and on that note, we fucking did it. Thanks everyone who joined us on this journey through Carry On. I'm so excited to start with Wayward Son yep. in a couple of episodes. Yeah, so next time, everyone, we're going to be... So if you don't listen to The Gaily Prophet, this will be a new thing for you, but it's very fun. We like to, at the end of every book that we finish, go through the book and analyze it through the context of The Fool's Journey, uh, which is a tarot thing. You don't need to know anything about tarot to listen and enjoy it. 
Uh, if you're familiar with the idea of the hero's quest or the hero's journey, it's very similar to what we'll be talking about. So that's a point of access too, but we will talk through the meanings of all of the cards as we talk about it. It's going to be great. So we'll be back in two weeks with that. And thanks for listening. This podcast is a creation of Hashtag Ruthless Productions and is produced, mixed, and edited by me. You should check out other podcasts by Hashtag Ruthless Productions, The Gay Prophet, if you like to hear people angrily rant about Harry Potter. And if you really love Buffy, we have a Patreon-only Buffy podcast, We Are the Gayers. Um, speaking of Patreon, you can so you can always support us monthly there at patreon.com slash the Gaily Prophet. We are also on the internet at hashtag ruthless.com and on Twitter and Instagram at the Gaily Prophet. If you want to find me between episodes, I am on Instagram at Lark Malachi, and that's also my website where you can get a tarot reading for me if you want. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit. And if you want some adorable kitten content, you can follow me on Instagram at Live from Detroit. The music in our theme song is by Kevin McLeod. The rest of the music is Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. And until next time, Scott and Moosh. Moosh.